Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. And Michael, I have a question for you. Oh, God. How many Nintendo fans does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. How many? I don't know. They're all too busy playing with the Switch. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> jeez. <laughs> Oh jeez! Oh, that one, that, that one. I got a laugh, so I'll take it. Yeah, it was a sympathy laugh. That one was a. That one, you got to go back to the drawing board. I'm you know, the, you know, it's it's okay to like my jokes. You don't have to. I would love to. Have to really. <laughs> it's okay to be happy and laugh. I'm I'm excited for the day I do. Believe me, I can't Aww. wait. Well, on that great joke, we're gonna get into the first story of the week, and it's also. I guess, kind of laughable. The conversation we had the week before was that the Game Awards were coming and maybe we were going to get some big Nintendo news. The joke is on us because there was actually zero Nintendo news. Nintendo might as well not have even been there because they'd said nothing. There was no first party games whatsoever. Uh, It was kind of a letdown. It was very disappointing. I I thought that the Game Awards in general were kind of odd. There was... It was they a bunch always of, are. Right? Yes, but this yeah. bunch of commercials and in between they they jammed a few awards. It seemed like the awards themselves was more of a hassle to the presentation than just showing trailer after trailer. Uh, it was more of, you know, like a, a, a three and a half hour ad versus an actual game awards where you're celebrating the industry. Now, a few of the things that we did get that will be making their way to the Nintendo Switch is Sonic Frontiers, which is going to be holiday next year, The Lord of the Rings Golem, Cuphead's Delicious Last Course DLC. I did like their little uh, musical number. Me that, too, that, I liked that. I thought that was really well done. That'll yeah. be coming out June 30th, 2022. Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. That's not what we want. want. (laughs) But unfortunately, that's coming out 2022 as well. Then you have Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak DLC plus Amiibo summer 2022. And then the A Plague Tale Requiem, the cloud version, also 2022. Now, they had a few not game-related, but Nintendo-ish related things where we did see the first trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog sequel. You saw the first one, and I think you liked it, so I'm yeah, sure you like this. Yeah, and, and the whole segment around that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the big winner for Nintendo was Metroid Dread. They won Best Action Adventure, which I thought was great. Which is now, crazy, considering it was up against resident evil and a bunch of other really big names so yeah yeah when yeah, i saw the cool. other people it was up against i was like there's no way it's not once it's it, not gonna get up. once i saw it won that i was like there's no way it's gonna win game of the year no. after they because i feel like you know when when people are giving out awards they can't give all the awards to one game they probably mm-hmm. like okay well this was a really good game so we'll give them this award and then you know this game was really good too so we'll have to give them that that award that's kind of how it felt this year yeah, I mean, I don't know who's making the final decisions. Maybe that was part of the concern. I would hope not. Some because, group I mean, of best game should get best game. You know what I mean? So I would hope it's not like, well, we gave you that one. So we'll give this to somebody mm-hmm. else. But uh, I'm not really sure. And then Nintendo did not win, which was such a surprise for best family game. They had, I think, four of the five nominated games and they didn't get it. It takes two, one, best 
uh, best game for family and best game of the year. Kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, It it Takes Two is a very good game. It's very emotional. (laughs) Well, I mean, yes, but I don't know if it's what I would consider a family game then in that case. It definitely is. It's it's based. I mean, it's about two parents going through divorce and and that um, says fun to me. No, it's it's a very good family story. Yeah, it's about them coming together. Game. It is. It's a two player co op game. One of one person plays the guy. One person plays the, the mom. And it's about this little girl seeing her parents, you know, not getting along and just wanting them to be in love. And um, it they basically the two parents become the girl's toys and it's all about them you know figuring out their differences learning who they are now and and learning how to have a relationship again after they've both changed so much whether it ends with them staying together or actually getting a divorce they just both learn how to be good parents to their daughter again mm-hmm. and it's a very it's a very sweet story um if, yeah. I if don't people know. are that able to sound like best family though it's <sighs> It depends on how you look at it, I guess. Like, if you look at it as the story that it is, it is a good family story, but it depends. Is this a game that, you know, you see little kids and their plants, parents playing together? Probably not. Well, that's what I mean. For me, that's best family. Best family is a game like a Mario party where everybody's playing together or, you know, a smash. It's like a party game where you can all get together and play it together or brain age or something to that effect where or animal crossing like those are family best family games like i said it depends on your definition of it well i played it takes two in real life growing up so i don't need to play it in a in a video game i already lived it once i don't know i think it was a good story when i watched and it's also a two person it's like best co-op it's not a family game. Maybe that's game. what they need to have have more categories, I think. Yeah. And it's also, definitely not family in my opinion. This year at the Game Awards was really weird because the way they did the awards, yes, they had like a couple where they would do it on stage and they would like show clips of the different games and then they would have people come on stage and accept the reward. But the majority of the the awards that were given out were on the screen, the announcer would go, and these are the nominees and the mm-hmm. winner is like they didn't even say the names of the games they only said who the winner was and they showed the games on the screen it just seemed like a really like half-baked way of doing awards like <laughs> well that's what i mean it was just shoehorned in that's what i was yeah. saying that the game awards necess- weren't really about the games they were about the next announcement ad coming up and we have a few of these to get through real quick. And I would have liked to have seen when you announce the games, you know, instead of having that weird pause, like announce the games and show a clip, a a 10 second clip of the game so we can see what game you're even talking about. Yeah, because some of the games I don't think I really heard of. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been nice to see in general. But all, all in all, I think as far as Nintendo goes, the Game Awards were kind of a flop. Uh, it wasn't. It was there. There was a lot of world premieres, but there wasn't a lot for what we had hoped. There wasn't no Nintendo. There was no you know no. Breath of the Wild two. There was no nothing. And the only thing that we really did see that was Nintendo was um, like a, a pre put together mashup of things coming in 2022, which it's all stuff we've seen before. Yeah, it's, it just showed a couple clips of Bayonetta four, and then a couple like little Zelda things that we've already seen, and just i don't know math yeah kind of a letdown <laughs> next year <laughs> i would like it to be shorter it was too long and three hours i don't know i feel like previous like every year it's always a little 
like there's always something off, like something's not totally thought through. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think a lot of it is you have to get the marketing because that's who funds it. So they want mm -hmm. their stuff in there if they've contributed money towards it, which I can completely understand. But just put a little more effort into showing the uh, as a celebration of the industry and highlighting that rather than just making it commercials. Yeah. And then I have one other weird little pet peeve. And that was... Um, uh, I forgot his name. the The main announcer person, you know his name, mm -hmm. um, Jeff Keeley. Yeah. So he makes this big statement in the beginning, talking about harassment in the workplace and how we need to celebrate the people who are making the games instead of you know pulling them down or not respecting them. And then immediately after, it's just a bunch of ads for big name studios, which mm -hmm. felt really weird. <laughs> and I don't know if it was just me that picked up on that, but it definitely seemed off. <laughs> It just seemed a little tone deaf because they give like this this strong statement and everybody's cheering. And then it's like, and then all these ads for the big game, big name studios, like maybe there should have been a few awards after that or something. I don't, I don't know. It just seemed weird the way that they did it. Yeah, but, that's a good idea. Yeah. They could have had it just a more of a pause just to kind of ease back in. It's just about pacing. Let's ease back into. Yeah, the, the pacing was just really stuff. strange. You just had this, you know, this moment. Let's kind of drag it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or even like. Like, like throw an award after that or something or, or create a, a developer of the year award or something that could that goes along with that because it's all about you know respecting the people making the games and then it's here's all the big corporate overlords making games it just it seemed really like the tone was off the pacing was off like you said so mm -hmm. it's just something that i noticed and figured i would mention <laughs> well it can be it's always something that can be resolved yeah. next year yeah Hopefully. Hopefully it's not even an issue next year, even though you know it will be. Mm -hmm. Moving on to our next bit of news, some sad news this week. Uh, Misayuki Yumura passed away on December 6th at the age of 78, if you don't know who that is. He is the creator of the NES and SNES, essentially. And Nintendo and the world of gaming in general would be very different if he was not part of <laughs> making those game consoles. Uh, he joined Nintendo as an engineer from Sharp in 1972 when Nintendo was starting to explore electronic entertainment. He was placed in charge of the R&D2, which is Research and Development 2. I didn't know this until I looked this up, but apparently Nintendo has three different tiers of research and development. So he was just put in R&D2. Fun little fact. Hmm. Um, and they were creating Nintendo's color TV game systems, which was Nintendo's first try to get into video game consoles. Uh, he began work on the Famicom in 1981, and then combined sales from the Famicom and its Western counterpart, the NES, ended up totaling 61.91 million units. So 20 million of those were in Japan alone, so just the Famicom, which is pretty crazy. They also went on to create SNES or Super Famicom, the Japan-only Famicom disk system, and Super Famicom satellite Satellaview, I think that's how you say that, and the NES Zapper. So he's had his hands in a whole lot of stuff. Um, he also worked on a lot of software as a producer for many titles, including Ice Climber, Clue Clue Land, and a trilogy of sports titles called Soccer, Baseball, and Golf. He retired from Nintendo in 2004 and went on to be a professor at, I'm probably going to butcher this, I'm going to try, Ritsumikan University in Kyoto. So he is contributed a whole lot to the gaming community gaming industry and um it's sad that he's gone but you know i'm glad that he was part of it 
Absolutely. Yeah. A, a key part of it. Yeah. It's definitely sad. It's more of just an acknowledgement of his passing. And, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's anytime we lose any of these legends of the industry, it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. Now we have actual good news for the Switch. And that is that the Switch, despite, you know, being out for so long and despite the fact that it's hard to find some of these systems now. It had the best Switch hardware and software sales in Europe of all time, of all time. I don't even know how this is still possible. I feel like people must have five of these things at this point. But the week starting on November 22nd, Switch sales and games sold more in the UK and across Europe than any other week in the console's entire lifespan. The last record was set in November 2019. So Initially, yes, that makes sense. 2019, it you know, it did really well. It was still early in its lifespan. Now it's what what do we have? Four years, five years now? I don't even know. And it's six, just like six years? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's that many, but it, it's been a it's been a lot, and it's just kind of like, what is going on with this thing? I cannot believe that it's still selling so so well. It's fantastic news. Uh Black Friday Switch bundle was part of that, which included Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which again is a, a game that's been selling crazy, and I don't understand how, how <laughs> people don't all have this by now with the amount. It's always in the top, always, well, always you don't, in the top. You don't have it yet. I do. Oh, you I do? do? Yes. Oh, I thought you didn't. That's the one that you weren't going to get. Never mind. No, I bought it like <laughs> two years ago. Um, but it's, You never play it, so. No, I just don't play it. Yeah. Um, and Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl also probably contributed to that because they were re-released and sold 6 million copies, which was fantastic. And that's mm. the first weekend uh, that, that it sold that many. Now, Nintendo says that the November actually saw back-to-back record-breaking weeks for Nintendo Switch sales. Uh, in the region once again so it is still selling just off the charts amazingly well it's it's good to hear i guess because that means you know the interest is obviously still there Mm -hmm. and the games will still be there and that's more what i care about because i already have the hardware so i just want to make sure if if it's still a viable uh, place for developers to put their games and have this huge reach they will most likely do so. So it's nice to see that it is still doing such crazy, crazy numbers. Yeah. And at least I don't know if it's more rare to come across a console in Europe, but here I feel like, you know, we've made comments here and there when we go to the storeroom and we'll text each other and be like, oh, look, there's a, a OLED switch here. Or look, there's a regular switch here. They're around. They're not that no. difficult to get a hold of. No. Um, so... Yeah, I wonder if it's just a little different in Europe. Like, demand is a little higher than what they actually have. Well, I, that's what I guess that was. I've gone to several stores and seen three or four OLEDs sitting on mm-hmm. the shelf. And it's crazy to me knowing that this demand is there, but yet I could have had, you know, half dozen OLEDs by now <laughs> if I wanted them. And yeah. it's just, it's, uh, I guess that makes me, it made me think that there wasn't as much of a demand, or at least in this area, there's, yeah, doesn't seem to be. Yeah, I don't know. Or, or maybe I've just been really Europe, lucky. I, guess. I don't know. Maybe I, yeah. I've just been really lucky and they just put them out <laughs> and I didn't realize it. But yeah, um, yeah, if, if, if you want an OLED, I guess I could find one for you. <laughs> Uh, moving on to more Nintendo news, you know, we've talked about in the past, actually with the last um, 
it was like the financial report that we discussed. Nintendo did report that they were going to be expanding and investing $880 million into game development. Well, we're starting to see that actually happening. So right next to their current headquarters in Kyoto, Nintendo is going to rent 88,500 square meters from um, the building next door. And, and that's just going to focus solely on game development. And there's also other plans to build a whole other building on the premises right next to that building. That's where the head office used to be, but they're just going to build a whole building just for more game development. So, hmm. yeah. Okay. That's Interesting. cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I guess that's a good sign. We don't know what it means yet, but that's potentially a good sign. Yeah. I didn't expect to see there. anything so quickly. So it, it's nice that, you know, I think it was, a month and a half ago, we talked about that report, and now they're actually starting to use that money. So good. Yeah. That means we'll see some. Maybe it's for well, I was going to say, no, I mean, I would hope <laughs> that's already pretty well done, but I'm thinking maybe that's going into the next console. Like they need to start ramping up production on the next console, but it's hard to say if they're saying game development. Is that that's more game focused? Well, is it is it specifically game or is it you know what I mean? Do they actually mean game development? I don't know how that all works, the language of it. I guess you have to assume it means legit games as opposed to the next console. But software versus hardware. I would think it would be just software. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you never know. Well, either way, the fact that they're putting money into investing in research for whether it is hardware or software is good news for us as consumers. Yeah. And maybe the biggest news that I'm excited about this week is the rumor slash leak regarding Bioshock 4. Now, it's funny because last time you streamed, I mentioned Bioshock and we were talking Mm -hmm. about it for you know, maybe that's the thing we could hear more about at the uh, game awards. And you had said you read somewhere that that had been that game was basically on hold and kind of just dead in the water. Yeah, yeah. When I last played all the Bioshock games, when I streamed them at the end, me and Idiggy were talking about what the next game could be. And so I just did a little bit of quick research and um, read that the studio that's work was working on Bioshock 4 was finishing up a pre another title, another mm-hmm. a totally different game, and then they were going to go back into Bioshock 4. So this this the news that we're about to talk about is pretty surprising. Well, in a recent Sacred Symbols podcast, journalist Colin Moriarty, who took a break from battling Sherlock Holmes to report this news, <laughs> <laughs> said that <So> dumb. <laughs> Bioshock 4. The unofficial name, of course, uh, is going to be coming out maybe sooner than we think. He claims that the developer Cloud Chamber is aiming for a 2022 release and that the what? game will take place in a fictional Antarctic city during Love the 1960s. That. Love that. UK news outlet VGC claims to have heard similar to news reports on this. Moriarty also claims that its story will be linked to past entries in the series, which I would hope cool. it would. I mean, I feel like that's, you gotta, right? At least I would want the lore to continue. And platforms have not been re- revealed at all yet, but uh, there's a possibility it could come out on the Switch, but my guess would be it will not be on the Switch. Yeah, that's my guess. So you can guess, play though. one through three, you know, on the switch right now, they're fantastic. They're extremely well done. My guess is four uh, will not be. And even if it did, it would be know. a cloud game. It would be a I, cloud game for I sure. Could see, I could see a cloud game, but even yeah. if it, let's say, even if it wasn't a cloud game, I'm not sure I want to play it on the switch. 
considering it's going to be like the next gen version of Bioshock. And those games have always been so pretty that I think I really want to play it on an Xbox or, you know, computer or something like that, just to really appreciate the game. Um, because I would feel like a game coming out now, like a Bioshock would, I don't know, would have to make a lot of sacrifices to play well on the switch. I don't know i mean seeing control and hitman and the cloud versions of that those looked really nice no, so the, I feel if, like if it's the cloud version i would have no version, problem it should with be it okay on the switch yeah but i think if they were going to develop bioshock 4 in a way to accommodate the switch it would be doing a disservice to the people who have the way better <laughs> um, yeah, more yeah. intense hardware so yeah, I'm, you I'm hoping i'm hoping they don't develop it to be native working native on the switch yeah you can't yeah. design it you can't develop it for the switch mm-hmm. and then you know put it on everything else and be like yeah. oh it was made for the switch I, I i would just be very surprised if this came out as not cloud uh version for the switch if it was actually like on a disc or digital hard yeah digital download i i don't think that's going to happen but i am extremely excited regardless to see some more bioshock uh, coming out into the world, hopefully sooner than any of us thought. Me too. Well, that does it for our news this week. Uh, let's jump into our top 10 bestsellers, which didn't really change much at all. Mm. <laughs> in first place, we have Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. In second, we have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Third, Pokemon Shining Pearl. Fourth, Mario Party Superstars. Next is Inside. Sixth is now, this moved up from being in the top 30 to being in the top 10. This is the biggest difference. So in sixth place, Big Brain Academy, Brain versus Brain. Nice. In seventh, we have Among Us, eighth, Minecraft, ninth, Animal Crossing Horizons, and 10th, Unravel 2. Okay. Yep. Cool. And then for other new games that made it into the top 30, in 29th, just barely making it into the top 30, we have uh, Rampa S, Ultimate Summer Camp. Sweet. I still have to play... At least the demo for Big Brain Academy. I, I've Me always too. loved these games, and uh, I, I, it's, I have it downloaded. I haven't had a chance to play it. I've been playing a few other things, so mm-hmm. I am excited to try that. So, on that note, let's get into more games that we're excited to play with new releases. We're into this week, and Christina has all of the checks. Well, I have a possible check. You have I, an honorable I have a, mention. I have a half check <laughs> on mine, but uh, yeah, why don't you kick it off with your check? Yeah, so my my first check is kind of an honorable mention. So for those of you who are interested in um, Two Point Hospital, may be interested in this. It's called My Universe Doctors and Nurses, coming out on December 13th for $29.99. It's kind of a more serious version compared to Two Point Hospital. So if people aren't super into the quirkiness and fun and clowning around in Two Point, I think they may enjoy my universe doctors and nurses. It seems well done. So that's the reason I didn't want to like completely dismiss it because I personally enjoyed two point hospital. Um, and this looks like a decent game. So I wanted to mention it. Nice. The next one is for me is kind of the same. It comes out December 13th. It's for $20 and it's shovel night pocket dungeon. I'm sort of on the fence. I know a lot of people are huge shovel night fans. So I did want to mention this. This one is a uh, it's it's almost like a, a candy crush type game it's one of the falling block puzzle games tetris you know you think mm-hmm. about that but it also has a twist of a dungeon crawling side to it so i don't know it kind of sounded interesting it's also something i kind of want to just play on my phone it seems like a game where i want to just touch and like move it on the phone but i don't know if that's going to happen i, I don't know but either way it sounded 
interesting. It looks like it's very well done. You do take control of more than 10 of the heroes from the Shovel Knight uh, universe, and they all have unique power-ups and play styles. You're going to have different weapons or, or, I guess, treasures and things that you're going to implement into the game to make the gameplay a little bit easier or harder, depending on what you choose to use. There are story modes. There's competitive modes. There's daily challenges, and it's got the, the you know fun, colorful style of Shovel Knight games. But it looked interesting. Twenty dollars a little steep for me for what this is because I'm not a Shovel Knight fan necessarily. But it is it, like a good looking puzzle game, and I think if you like Shovel Knight, if you're a very big fan of it, you would want to play this. So I wanted to give it a shout out. I believe they talked about or showed Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon in the last Nintendo Direct. Yeah, they it was it was in something. I can't remember if it was yeah. in, if it was a uh, an indie direct or if it was the main direct. I can't remember, but we did the see it. The recent one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the next two games I have checked, and then that's it. On December sixteenth, I checked a game called Omno. O M N O. It's on sale right now for thirteen dollars and fifty nine cents. This is an action adventure puzzle game. So you solve puzzles, discover secrets, overcome obstacles, all while exploring a lost civilization through forests, deserts, tundras, and the clouds. I almost didn't check this because I feel like there's so many of these kinds of games out there. Yeah, I had the same vibe. This one does have a pretty unique look, though. And when I looked it up um, to see if it's released anywhere else, it is on Steam and it has very and overwhelmingly positive reviews. So once I saw that, I was like, all right, I'll check this one. It seems like a really good game. And it's also almost $20 on Steam. So it's more expensive on Steam. Um, So the fact that it's It's regularly 16. Yeah. So the fact that it's regularly $16 in the eShop right now, it's under 14. So seems like a pretty good deal. And then the last game I had checked is on December 17th. It's called Aspire Ina's Ina. I'm going to go Ina. Ina's Ina's Tale for $13. This is a side-scrolling adventure puzzle game. You play as Ina, a girl trapped in a tower who's been sleeping for a very long time. She's suddenly awoken and now has to explore different chambers throughout this living tower that she's stuck in. Along the way, you solve puzzles, meet other tower dwellers, and... The, the look of this game is very unique. It's it's like a geometric. It kind of looks like a, an illustration turned into a game. Um, now, I will say because of that and watching the trailer for it and the way the character moves, it did remind me a lot of Gris mm. or Grease, depending on how you want to say that. <laughs> um, so if you're in if you really enjoyed Grease or Gris and 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 are looking for something else in that vein, uh, you may like this. Now, there is a demo available on Steam. But it's Windows only, so if you have a PC and you want to test it out, there is a demo. Mm, nice, yeah. yeah. You, you had a very distinct feel to your games this week. Your your picks. I always do. Yeah, I always, those, those I always two I thought felt very similar. similar. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's all the colors they use. It's similar. Um, what's the color? Like neutral, yeah, a palette, bright. Yeah, you know. there's a, a very specific like Monument Valley palette. If you make a game and it has that palette, I will likely check it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's just what i do so but the games do look like they're pretty good quality so yeah absolutely yeah well before we get to everybody's favorite segment in the show and you've been talking about jokes and you've had a lot of the different jokes and one popped into my mind and it's what are you stealing my thunder 
Well, no, I may be just I'm it, we're working together. It's a it's a two person act up here. It's a hey, yo, hey. So oh, you I got your okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I figure I'll throw my my hat into the ring. You like these cheesy jokes, I'll give you one. So okay. what is Mario's favorite movie? I don't know. What? Mamma mia. <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> Would you like that one? My my oh. Oh, mamma mia. Okay. Boy, let's get to everybody's favorite segment. I thought so. I thought so. Let's get to everybody's favorite segment in the show, what we're playing. Christina, what have you been playing this week? What have I been playing? Um, actually, no, before before we do that, I have a, a, another joke for you. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to try to one-up my mamma mia. What are you going to say, mamma mia too? <laughs> <laughs> No, sorry, <laughs> but good one. Um, no, why does why does Ganon avoid the web? Hmm. Why does Ganon? I don't know. Because there's too many links. Oh, jeez. All right, I like that one. I like that one better than the first one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was good. They're all good. What are we? I mean, well, I don't, I don't know about. Let's let all the that, listeners but... decide. Yeah, let's let the <laughs> listeners decide. Oh boy. <laughs> so what I've been playing. <laughs> um, I finished Happy Game this week. Finally. I took like a two-week hiatus from streaming and then finally uh jumped back in this Wednesday and was able to finish it up. It's a very interesting game. I'm glad I played it. It's definitely weird. Um now something that I didn't I didn't know much about the game jumping in. I think I mentioned this before. I just saw it was like this crazy weird thing and it was a horror, just like disturbing horror psychological game. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll play it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of separated into three nightmares. So you kind of follow along this little kid and he has these three nightmares all based around a different toy. So the first one's based around a ball that he loses. The next one is based around a little stuffed bunny. And then the last one, it's so cute. <laughs> It's his pet dog mm-hmm. and it's called Goody. <laughs> so the game, the the kid like talks like this. He goes, I'm having a nap. I'm having a nap. <laughs> like, that's how he talks. But in the third nightmare, when he see when his dog is there, he goes, Goody. Oh, Goody. <laughs> like, it's just so freaking cute. So I, I've been calling my dog that. <laughs> Whenever I see him, I'm like, oh, Goody. <laughs> but it's definitely weird. I mean, I don't know what's happening half the time. It's just like you do things in the game and you're like, why am I doing this? Like, this is so messed up. Like, this is so off. But it keeps you really interested in it because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. I really like playing it. Nice. I know it's not going to be for everyone. Nice. And then after that, I played a little more Potion Party, an old old game I played a long time ago, making a comeback. So it's just like a fun pick up and play really quick game. Um, and then I was playing right before the podcast, right before we started recording too. And I played it for like 15 minutes and made a bunch of gold. And now I can buy better characters with better power ups and power up my favorite characters that I have. And it's just a fun little game. I haven't played it multiplayer with anyone though, because it is couch co-op. Mm-hmm. So um, I do plan... I, I do want to play this with my sister yeah. over the holiday while, while I'm away. <laughs> so we'll yeah. see. But That'd be a good good yeah. one to try out. Seems it, like it's kind of like a overcooked sort of hectic. Yeah. Yeah. It's stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my hands sweat when I play it. Nice. Um, and then the next game I will be playing and streaming is Journey to the Savage Planet. 
I'm excited. I unfortunately won't be able to watch it because I'm going to yeah. be playing that as well. But yeah. I am excited to uh, hear about jump it. Into that. Well, or, or maybe maybe what You'll I'll do is once I probably. finish, I'm trying to think of what I right now. All I've got really once maybe once I finish Metroid Dread, I'll jump into that as well, so that it's kind of like we're playing it at same time. So I don't, you know, I'm not missing out or having mm-hmm. anything spoiled, so that. If I get ahead or I, I'm out a certain area, I can still watch your streams and not yeah. have anything ruined for me. Yeah, but also the Long Dark Chapter Four has been released. It's out there on the Switch, though, or just on PC? Because I'm oh, I don't know. I'm curious I just heard to it was see. Released. My guess would be it's on PC and not been released on Switch. But I'll have to check. I'll have to yeah, see. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure. I'm ready for that yet. No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It feels like I literally just stopped playing the Long Dark. You just stopped um, walking through the forest. Yeah, and it, and and I know it has it's been dying. some time, but it definitely bears. feels like I just finished playing that. And I think I would like to play that once um, it starts to actually get snowy here. And yeah. that may never be the case, seeing how Maybe we February. hit like 60 degrees yesterday. But I know um, once it starts getting snowy here, that's when I think I would, I'm going to jump back into the long dark. It just feels appropriate. To, yeah. to be in that so i think metroid dread then maybe i will join you in savage uh planet so that we're kind of playing that together sounds good mm-hmm. now as far as the games i have been playing uh i am still playing metroid dread like i have been playing for quite a bit i i probably got about 12 13 ish hours i was going to stream thursday but then the game awards came on and i was like eh, i'd rather watch these and get some crazy new Nintendo announcements, which I should have just played Metroid Dread because as we already discussed, that was a bust. Uh, mm-hmm. I had been playing a lot of Fire Emblem because I took the train down to the city. And so I, I played Fire Emblem all the way down and all the way back. And that was, that's been fantastic. Really enjoying that still haven't made it to the second half of the game where I believe a lot shifts, but I'm at chapter 10. And if anybody has played it, I don't know where that is, but you will. So uh, mm. I think I'm getting close to the end of the first half of the game and then it switches over. I'm not a hundred percent sure though. And the remainder of my game time has been going to the Halo campaign, which came out last week and I'm absolutely loving, loving it. I jumped right in on legendary difficulty uh and i am crazy i am crazy i am crazy because everything kills you basically by just looking at you on legendary difficulty but uh you know what it forces you to take your time and it forces you to enjoy the game and not just go running through and what's the rush i mean at this at this one was like six years after the last one i got plenty mm-hmm. of time to beat it before i have to worry about another halo game so i might as well enjoy it and take my time and uh and just really get the most out of it. I found my first skull already, which if you've played any of the Halo games, you know mm-hmm. that that's one of the collectibles that are hidden all over. Um, and so I was pretty excited about that. Do you know how many there are in this one? I think like, I don't know, a dozen maybe, mm. give or take. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there's a lot. I've, I'm on the second mission area and there was one in the first area and there's one in this one. Mm-hmm. And I there doesn't seem to be that many, maybe, maybe 15. I don't know. It doesn't yeah. seem like there's a lot of them, but um, yeah, I, f- I managed to find one. That'll probably be the only one I find so now, f- in the whole game. If you don't get one in an area, because I know in Tomb Raider, like those collectible things, you can always go back to those areas and get things later. Can you go back to those areas later on if you miss the skull? 
Uh, no, not really, mm-hmm. because unfortunately, this Halo in in past Halos, not that I guess any of this is Nintendo related, but in Doesn't past matter. in past Halos, uh, you could replay chapters or replay missions. In this That's Halo, what, yeah. you can't. Okay, it's, you basically mm-hmm. have to if you miss it, and it's within, it's not part of like because this Halo is different. This Halo is an yeah. open world game. Yeah, and um, if you if you miss a skull that's part of like the the missions outside of that open world, then you have to start the game all over if you want. There's no way to go back. There's no way to go back because mm-hmm. of the open world element, you know. Because yeah. it's kind of like playing. I, I haven't even made it to the open world part yet. I'm still in the sort of beginning. So if you have played Far Cry, that's similar to how this is. You're going to be going from what i've heard anyway you're mm-hmm. going to go to certain spots on the halo and you're going to be able to take back bases and then you'll be able to use that base to drop you know equipment and vehicles and then you go to other spots and then branching off of those are actual missions that move the story forward and a lot of the skulls i believe are in those missions so if you if you don't get it there then you're you're kind of mm. out of luck yeah so. i was curious about that just because of how like the discussions we've had about how the story is kind of laid out and how the game is laid out. I was curious that that was possible if you could go back. So that's interesting that they, they kind of make it like, if you're here, you better get this. Otherwise you're wasting a whole bunch of time later. <laughs> yeah. And from what I've yeah. understood, uh, three, four, three, who is the developer of the game has said they will be implementing that at some point. It seems oh, like okay. it's a far off though. It's, it yeah. seems like it's, it's not going to happen for, quite a while Mm -hmm. so um you know the 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 chances are you're gonna miss stuff and then probably just play it again and then i think it that can still add to it it's not like you have to get it all on one playthrough from what i understand so if i find to if you can (laughs) well sure but if i can if i can find two skulls while i'm playing through on legendary i could always go back on easy and find Mm -hmm. do skull hunting you know Mm -hmm. and that could be the the point of the game is I'm just looking for skulls at that point and it all adds up. So, and there's also not co-op, which is a a very popular halo thing. I, I never really play co-op, but I know a lot, a lot of people like playing the campaign on co-op and that's not going to be in the game for a few months as well. Mm, Okay. It's coming, but if it's a make or break for you, then unfortunately it's not there right now. But I, I think the campaign has been a blast just playing it by myself. I really, I, I I think I like playing things by myself the first time through only because you get to enjoy. I think when you're playing it co-op, you don't always necessarily get to experience the story um, because you're, you know, you're having fun with whoever you're playing the game with. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sometimes it's hard unless that person understands, like if you and I were playing through the Halo games, I understand you haven't played them and don't know the story. So when there's cutscenes and, and stuff, I would just be like, all right, let's just watch this as opposed to joking and talking over everything. Yeah. Well, know. we did play some of the Master Chief collection yeah. like that. So yeah. when Master Chief yeah. came out, we were playing that together. Yeah, yeah. But it's important, you know, if you if you have somebody I that's... I suck at those games, so Michael was carrying me a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, it is fun. It, it's definitely yeah. a lot of fun, but you also have to, you know, I want you to get the story out of it sure, too. Sure. You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. be talking over everything when we're playing it. Um, but that's a blast. And also when you play Halo, I want to be Master Chief. So when I'm playing and there's two Master Chiefs running around, it's kind of like... Okay, let's be clear. When we were playing together, I was not Master Chief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like his dumb cousin. <laughs> no, come on. You were doing I was, good. I was not good. <laughs> 
Well, I was getting so stressed out and, you know, how I handle those kinds of games. But speaking of while we're just on the topic of non Nintendo related stuff, video games. Yeah, just video games in general, because the Game Awards, you know, there were a couple awesome world premieres. Can we talk about that Hellblade 2? No, uh, we don't have any time. Gameplay. uh, Well, there's I don't think there could ever be enough time to talk about that, but it looked so good. It looked so Is that good. all you wanted to say? I mean, you could yes. talk about it. Okay, well, there you no, have it. Like- I guess we had time. <laughs> well, so I didn't even, like, I don't even remember the first game, like, seeing much about it. Like, it didn't stick with me. But for some reason, everything that I've seen from Hellblade 2 has really, like, stuck with my brain. Like, mm-hmm. last year when they showed the trailer of her, basically, like, just the, her character in her face going crazy. It was just a really short trailer mm-hmm. announcing the game that stuck with me too so i'm definitely um going to probably be jumping back onto my xbox for a little bit to play the first game nice yeah that's yeah. exciting it looked like i don't know why all of a sudden i'm super into it but maybe because i was watching a lot of the god of war games mm-hmm. and that's just kind of i don't know vikings it's, it's it's in my blood i guess yeah i mean it definitely <laughs> feels like that it's got that that vibe for sure which i think is is awesome um i i did follow along with the first one i never played the first one but i did Mm. i was aware of it and um it it definitely seems extremely interesting i like the story i like the premise of it so Mm -hmm. this one looks fantastic as well yeah and i also want to add on too there were a lot of games announced where they didn't say what consoles they were coming to mm-hmm. like a lot of them look like they would be really good switch games for example tunic which was the, I yeah. think the first world premiere they had i was like this looks like a switch game and i want to play it was very cute plays like this little fox running yeah. around and, and doing puzzles and basically kind of like ori in the blind forest but yeah. a different look with different characters it, it looked very very cute i'm hoping that one comes to switch yeah i've been we'll a see. fan and following along tunic for a little bit and kind of yeah. had the same feeling and thought that this needs to be on switch yeah but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think of the Game Awards and talk to us about it. Doesn't even have to be, I guess, Nintendo games. You could just tell us what you think. Of, what are of you the Game excited Awards. for? What are you excited for? What are you playing right now? You can feel free to write us over at nintendodispatch.com. Hit the contact button. If you want to watch us stream some games, you can go to twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch. If you want to chat with us, you go over to Twitter at Dispatch Podcast or hit us up on Discord. And the info for that is on our website. And as always, thanks so much for listening to us yet again. And this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.